For the past several months, the UT Watchdog has been reporting on deaths in San Diego County prisons. Now, during the coronavirus pandemic, inmates are increasingly worried that they are trapped behind bars with no hope of escaping infection. The San Diego County Sheriff refutes this notion, but the fear is palpable. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your Coronavirus Update, a special episode of your San Diego News Fix. And just a quick heads up, we're doing something different on News Fix. We'll be broadcasting the recording of this podcast on Facebook every afternoon. Because of that, there are some audio hiccups as we are all working from home. Among those that are most at risk for coronavirus are individuals living in congregate living facilities. These include group homes, skilled nursing facilities, and of course, jails. And the latter, of course, has the least access to medical care. Over the past several days, the UT Watchdog has been reporting on conditions within these jails, which are being described as filthy. Jeff McDonald, you're part of the Watchdog team at the Union Tribune. What are people inside the jails saying? Oh, they're telling us a lot of stories, Daniel. Thanks for having me. Uh, We're getting letters and we're doing interviews with inmates who are expressing a lot of concern that they're exposed to uh, deputies that appear to have symptoms, to with uh, they're exposed to other inmates that appear to have symptoms. There's not proper sanitation happening or proper cleaning, and uh, and the place is uh, messy and it's not being uh, cleaned up. And what does the county say that they're doing to prevent the spread of COVID among uh, inmates? Because in pretty much every single briefing, we get some information about what's going on in congregate living facilities. So it's kind of odd that, you know, things seem different in the jails. Well, every institution's uh, responsible for its own um, upkeep and and, uh, response. Uh, The sheriff's department is in the same boat. Uh, They tell us they're doing the best they can. They've taken a number of uh, steps and precautions to uh, reduce the spread of the virus. Uh, They're sanitizing. They they say they're sanitizing all the common areas uh, multiple times a day. That's disputed by inmates. Uh, They're distributed masks to staff, deputies, uh, medical staff and some of the trustees, the inmates who do some of the cleanup work, uh, they've made their own uh, masks. They uh, wear the stuff, they're treating inmates who exhibit symptoms of, uh, of the virus. They're quarantining those that are uh, suspected of being uh, uh, positive, although the testing has been very minimal. Mm-hmm. So what do we do now? Like how much testing has been done and how many people have tested positive so far? And it's okay to round. Well, the, uh, the, the number of tests is, uh, I think, the latest uh, report they issued was on the 10th, so five days ago. They're not doing mm-hmm. uh, daily updates like uh, much of the county is and much of uh, many public agencies are. And there were uh, two inmates, they say, that are positive. Now, a couple of days before that, they identified three inmates, but then they redefined the definition of how many inmates tested positive, and they released one inmate who had tested positive. So now they're reporting just two inmates. They also have five staff members who have all um, been uh, identified and dealt with medically, and they're no longer at work during the course of the uh, of the infection, uh, the department says. So they're being as proactive as they can. I mean, it's a jail, they say, so they can't, uh, they can't let everybody go. They have reduced uh, approximately 15%, maybe a little higher now, because they're releasing scores of inmates every day, uh, except that they're also arresting and booking new inmates every day as well. Uh, But the population has gone down by about a thousand inmates in the last month. 
Yeah, and on previous episodes of San Diego News Fix, we've discussed the problems going on to Theodore Roosevelt, the aircraft carrier, which is perhaps similarly to a jail, a perfect place where COVID-19 can spread. So how possible is social distancing in a prison? Is it even possible at all? Uh, No, it's not really possible. A lot of these inmates tell us uh, that there are two and sometimes three people inside a bunk. Now, these are small, small uh, quarters, close quarters. Uh, Even when there are two people in a three-person bunk, they're sleeping three, four feet apart from one another. So there's there's no uh, uh, self-distancing that's possible uh, in a lot of the cases. Now, some of the cases, uh, some of these uh, these people that are either tested positive or symptomatic or may be suspected of having it, they are placed into a quarantine situation, an isolation cell, and they are not, uh, uh, they're left in there 22, 23 plus hours a day, uh, which is another complaint. Uh, so the jails are in a difficult spot because, you know, it's jail. Um, but there's a lot of other counties that are doing more progressive things in response to the uh, COVID-19 threat than San Diego County Sheriff Bill Gore. Mm -hmm. And on that point, uh, what degree of personal protective equipment do people in the jail have, both people who are working and also the inmates? Well, uh, it depends who you ask. According to the department, they have gloves, they have masks, and they have medical equipment. They're responding as appropriately as they can. Uh, That said, they are working to acquire new and additional materials as needed. like many public agencies are uh, at every level, local, state, and and federal. Uh, According to the inmates, uh, the guards don't have masks always. Uh, Some of the guards don't wear their masks or they loop them around their ears and don't really to seemingly comply with the rule, but not to prevent the spread of the virus. They're hanging loosely around their necks, for example, rather than being tucked against their face to prevent the uh, transmission uh, some of the trustees have told us they don't they don't they don't have masks or they have to makeshift their own masks from uh, materials that they uh, piecemeal together. So we're getting mixed signals on what's actually going on inside. The inmates, of course, aren't satisfied that the department is doing everything it can to protect them. The department says uh, the opposite, basically, that they're doing everything they can to protect them. And uh, they point to the numbers as showing that it's uh, it's done a good job. That said, they're only testing about one out of uh like 0.1%. Uh, so one out of a thousand, maybe, uh, excuse me, 10 out. Yeah. One out of a thousand. Mm-hmm. And, uh, inmates have been speaking out, sending us letters about the conditions inside of the jails. And we also received some photos of kind of protest signs that they've been writing. Why don't you tell us about how this came about? Uh, these photos are seemingly taken by family members through video chats that are permitted. The sheriff uh, suspended in-person visitations, as most sheriffs have, uh, and r- rightly so, uh, to prevent uh, the transmission. So these are uh, taken by people who pay to see their loved ones by video chat. And uh, and the people behind the photos uh want them out and they were provided to us by relatives who are concerned that uh, that the inmates message isn't getting out mm-hmm. and one of the inmates uh spoke to our freelance reporter that you work with on these jail stories kelly davis and this individual described having to kind of perform some basic medical needs to one of the other inmates that wasn't able to care for himself in a capacity that one would expect in a jail so in that kind of situation what is the jail doing to kind of give the supplies that one would expect 
to receive if you're expected to help another person that way? Well, here we're getting completely contradictory statements. Uh, that inmate interview was heartbreaking. They, uh, they're taking care of themselves, the inmates are, according to the, the, the one interview Kelly had, Kelly Davis. Um, a lot of these inmates are soiling themselves. They're not, they're not able to, um, I mean, they're not healthy, so they're very vulnerable to the virus, let alone unhealthy in general. Uh, when they do uh, urinate on the floor, for example, uh, this inmate described a situation where it's up to them to clean up after themselves because the guards won't do it. Uh, and they do it with whatever materials they can find at the at the ready. They don't have uh, they don't have sanitizing, uh, you know, Lysol and things you would need to disinfect the uh, uh, the common area. Uh, uh, that aside, the department doesn't agree with those statements. They say that they're sanitizing the common areas all the time, multiple times a day. Uh, so it's really hard to uh, discern which is true. Uh, it could be that both are true, that in some, because we're talking about, you know, a big jail system with 5,000 inmates. It's about 4,500 right now, but a, a big seven jail system. So clearly not every jail is disinfected every four hours. It's just, uh, it's, a, it's a monumental task. And so I, I tend to think there, there's truth on both sides of what, the, what each side is saying. Mm-hmm. And how exactly does medical care get administered in a jail? Like, at what point can someone say, hey, I think I have symptoms, I can't taste or smell, I think I have COVID? How does that happen? Uh, well, it happens all the time. And again, according to the inmates, the guards blow them off and don't respond. Uh, we know from our uh, months and months of reporting inside jails that medical care is a, is a key issue, absent even the, uh, the COVID-19 threat. Uh, inmates tell us that it can take a week to get aspirin for a headache, or they have required medication that's prescribed to them at the time of their arrest or their booking, and they're not allowed to take that medication into jail with them. So their health is threatened because they can't uh, access the medication they need to stay alive to treat diabetes or any other condition. Uh, so that's all the case, even absent the, uh, the coronavirus. Uh, in, in lieu of this new threat, uh, people are coughing, they're sneezing, they're having symptoms they suspect are, um, are uh, virus-related, and they're not, they're not treated, they're not tested, they're not isolated, according to the inmates. Now, the department has a different uh, uh, version of that, and they say whenever an inmate shows symptoms of uh, of what appears to be COVID-19, they, uh, they are quarantined, they are isolated, uh, and that uh, they're doing everything they can to uh, prevent the spread of, uh, of any disease. So again, it's, it's, it, these are diametrically uh, testimonies from both sides, and uh, it's, it's hard to uh, ascertain who, who is telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And also when it comes to getting the word out there and the truth as well, we heard that the jail censored your story by cutting out of the newspaper. Are they allowed to do that? Well, are they allowed to do that? I expect they are allowed. I think it's more a, uh, you know, a moral issue as opposed to a legal issue. Uh, yes, we're told by uh, inmate relatives, again, that, uh, that they uh, cut out the story that ran in the Sunday paper. Now, the inmates read the paper, uh, and the paper uh, is widely distributed throughout the jails. It's something that a lot of inmates look forward to. Uh, uh, the Sunday story, we were told, was excised from the Sunday paper, and uh, and I don't mean just one paper. There are dozens and dozens that get distributed at each jail because there's hundreds of inmates at each facility. 
uh, we were told the, uh, the Sunday story uh, exposing the, the adverse conditions was, uh, was censored for the, uh, from, the, from the papers for the uh, distribution to inmates. Now, we asked the sheriff's department about that, and they got back to us late yesterday uh, saying that they, they didn't censor the article, but they did cut out the photos. So, again, maybe they only cut out the photos. We were told they cut out the entire uh, story. Uh, it's hard to tell who's being truthful. Uh, their answer was that it was for the inmates' protection, who, the inmates who appeared in the photos' protection. And they also said it only happened at one facility. Uh, so there's that. Uh, is it legal? Sure. Is it uh, moral? Maybe not. The, uh, you know, the civil rights groups don't, don't think that's a good practice. Mm-hmm. And finally, uh, you and Kelly Davis worked on a series uh, several months ago called Dying Behind Bars, which found that on average, about one inmate dies every month in San Diego County Jail, which far out sea, which is more frequent than in other locations. Knowing that and knowing kind of the state of things in San Diego County Jails, do you feel that jails have prepared themselves for this outbreak? I don't know. Although that said, there's only been one inmate death this year that's been reported so far. Um, they, uh, they do have a long track record of, of, of a, a high mortality rate in San Diego County, much higher than like counties, uh, twice as high as Orange County. And, 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 and the suicide rate is even more um, uh, exponentially larger in San Diego than other counties. So that's data based on the, the sheriff's own numbers. Um, that said, there's only been one death this year that we know of. The department used to announce these deaths every day. Uh, whenever they happened, on the day they were happened, they would announce them in a public news release. They stopped doing that last year after we started our investigation uh, that resulted in that series. Now I'm at the point where I have to file public records act requests every 10 days to find out if there's been any uh, fatalities inside the jail. And uh, I've been doing that for uh, more than six months, maybe eight mm-hmm. months. And, uh, so far, we just know of the one death this year. So maybe they're getting lucky. Maybe maybe they haven't reported them to the state yet, which are the documents I request. They have to when there is a fatality, they have to file within ten days to the Department of Justice in Sacramento. Um, that's a specific a specific form, uh, and those are the forms I request every ten days in new public records act requests. And I just got a response back um, this week, early this week, uh, for the prior uh, ten or twelve days. And there were no deaths. Uh, there was an amended form uh, for a death that happened earlier, but uh, not a new death. So this is April, mid-April, and there's only been one death this year. That's pretty good. Uh, all the, on the other hand, after ten, you know, researching, we researched 20 years worth of data. Uh, there were a lot of uh, periods where there would be no deaths for two, three, four months, and then there'd be a spate of them. So they've averaged uh, 12, 13 deaths a year for the past uh, decade. Mm-hmm. And certainly COVID-19 presents a unique threat. So if I uh, have a family member who's uh, incarcerated or needs, or if I'm someone who wants to get a hold of the UT Watchdog, what's the best way of doing so? Email is my favorite. Uh, Kelly's uh, email is also in the paper. I'm at jeff.mcdonald at sduniontribune.com. It's in the paper. I'm really easy to find. Uh, I also have a voicemail uh, that's posted in the paper and uh, it's a I check those messages regularly. So, and we look forward to tips from uh, readers uh, on all on all subjects, not just jail. So, mm-hmm. all right, Jeff McDonald, thank you so much. Hey, thank you for having me. Now your coronavirus update. 
San Diego County health officials logged another 82 cases of COVID-19, bringing the current case count to 2,012. So far, 60 people have died. Hundreds of pre-trial inmates across the county are expected to be released from jail in the next few days in an effort to slow the spread of COVID-19. The move follows a decision by the California Judicial Council to set bail across the state to $0 for crimes that aren't serious or violent. San Diego County Sheriff Bill Gore said Wednesday that he expects about 400 inmates to qualify and be released. Gore argued that the department had already implemented a number of measures to reduce the number of inmates in local jails. Before these measures were implemented, there were about 5,600 inmates in county jails, and now there are a little more than 4,300. A pop-up COVID testing clinic has been ordered to close because of improper documentation, less than three days after it opened. The shutdown order was issued after the clinic failed to provide certification that his lab was properly certified and that the blood test actually worked. A San Diego Unified medical officer said that it is likely that schools will reopen during next school year, but with drastic changes to school life. School schedules, classroom setups, bus transportation, and more will likely change to minimize transmission of the virus. Dr. Howard Taras said at a board meeting held online via Zoom, it would probably be another two years before schools can return to, quote, normality as we knew it. More than 120 citations have been issued across San Diego County to people accused of violating stay-at-home orders intended to slow the spread of COVID-19. As of Monday, sheriff's deputies across the county had issued 68 citations. San Diego police had issued 47, and Carlsbad police had issued 10 for a total of 125, according to figures provided by each department. The total is roughly double from last week. Despite the pandemic, more than 90% of San Diegans paid their property taxes. Home sellers are taking their homes off of the market during the outbreak. About 13% of listings were removed in recent weeks. California Senator Kamala Harris has called for an investigation into treatment of detainees at the Otay Mesa Detention Center in South San Diego after reports that they were being required to sign contracts in order to receive masks. Joined by Dianne Feinstein and Representative Juan Vargas, Harris sent a letter Wednesday to the Inspector General of Homeland Security after reading reports published Friday by the UT. The California Democrat has already criticized conditions at the facility under the pandemic, calling them horrifying and unacceptable after Otay Mesa became a hotspot for COVID-19 infections. Thank you for listening to the San Diego News Fix. We want to remind you that information is your first line of defense. The San Diego Union-Tribune is dedicated to bringing you the latest news in print, online, and on our podcasts. Right now, you can read our public health stories related to the virus online for free without hitting the paywall but you can get all of your news at your fingertips wherever and whenever you want if you're a subscriber. Don't miss a story. Go to uniontrip.com slash subscribe. Until next time.